All right, First John chapter 4 this morning. We're going to look at testing the spirits. And let me introduce it by saying this. The church is in a terrible state at the moment. Uh, the church generally. And, and here's the reason why the church generally is in a terrible state, or one of the reasons at least. Um, the church is terribly undiscerning at the moment. It's very undiscerning. And there are reasons for that. It's the last days. Pretty sure it's the last days. And the enemy is upping his, uh, his game <clears throat> enormously and spreading unbelief and spreading um, <clears throat> confusion. That's, that's definitely a happen. We've got, uh, we've got a media uh, frenzy in terms of all the media that's coming into our lives right now, you know, <clears throat> all the information that's coming in. Uh, and um, much of it uh, is given over to disseminating untruth or partial truth, and it's really hurting us. Hurting us. Now, there's an answer to it for the children of God. And by the way, sometimes we look at this day and we say, oh, yeah, these, these are the worst days that I've ever been. Well, you know what? The Apostle John uh, is writing at the end of his life. Uh, the church is still very young, very new. And he puts a warning in for us. Right? He puts a warning in. And you know, when God chooses through the pages of Scripture to warn you of something, you need to be warned. You need to actually say, okay, you know what? I probably needed this. Not sure why or how, but I probably needed this. We need this this morning. We need this warning. We need to be careful as far as these. We're also going to look at Matthew 7, but let's read our text here in 1 John first, and then we'll go to Matthew chapter 7. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. You see, John is telling us it was already there. The spirit of Antichrist was already there. Now, <clears throat> what is the spirit of Antichrist? Basic meaning would be against Christ. Is there going to be a particular character, personality, who is the Antichrist? Yes, he's coming. He may even be around at the moment. We don't know. Uh, but he's definitely coming. He's, he's predicted in Scripture. But the spirit of Antichrist basically was the spirit that tried to undermine Christianity from the word go and has continued to do it. <clears throat> Let me say this to you, uh, lest you're confused on the whole issue of how can there be so many false teachings out there. It's very simple. There's an enemy. You know, one of the best ways to fight a battle is with information and use false information. And so he's fought very successfully. And he's created all kinds of um, <clears throat> error and all kinds of cults and all kinds of uh, discrepancies in truth and even amongst believers. You know, there's all kinds of areas where the truth is kind of watered down and affected and, and, um, and hurt because a right stand is not made on it. You know what? Uh, if you were the enemy, that's exactly what you'd do too. You wouldn't be able to overturn it completely. But you know what? You could, you could definitely sow confusion, and that's what he's tried to do. Um, and so John was telling us from the beginning, it was there. The spirit of Antichrist, these false prophets were there. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, here's the truth you need to understand, too. You don't have to succumb to false prophets. You don't have to give in 
to error. It's not a fait accompli, nothing I can do about it, and you just kind of get swallowed up. No, no, no. Jesus says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Our key strength in this area of dealing with false prophets is going to be the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We will talk about that. Uh, They are of the world, and therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now let's pray, and then we'll turn to Matthew 7. Father, would you bless us as we look to your word? Help us, Lord. Lord, we live in a day when the enemy would like to live stream into our hearts and lives, Lord, error, confusion, uh, and all kinds of things that are not helpful to us. Now, blessed Spirit of the living God, would you help us today? Would you encourage us? Uh, and would you help us to rest in you and trust in you? And would you help us to know truth, Lord, so that we can't be swayed? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Matthew chapter 7. I want, to, I want you to catch one thing before we look at the main passage we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 7. And it's in verse 1. One of the... <clears throat> Uh, the war cries of the church in our day, and in particular, and of our society in general, uh, is chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. Judge not that ye be not judged. Now, have you, haven't you heard that? Haven't you heard that quote in the most unlikely circumstances? Judge not that you be not judged. Now, what it's saying, if you take it in those terms, is it's saying suspend judgment. Don't, don't think about these, these things critically or judgmentally. Just, you know what, whatever goes, goes. That's the cry of our age. Now, judge not that ye be not judged. For what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. That's in the Bible, so it's true. But it doesn't mean that you don't question false prophets. Okay, now, flip on down through the chapter, right? Same chapter, right? Matthew chapter 7. Same sermon. Not even a new sermon. There's not even kind of a break between it. Jesus is still speaking, uh, <clears throat> Sermon on the Mount. And um, in verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, if the contemporary understanding of judge not were to be followed through, what Jesus would be saying is here, don't worry about false prophets, don't judge. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, beware, be careful. Words from the master. Now, what would a false prophet be? Well, prophet is a big word, and you know, it has a whole lot of meanings. But in the context that we're talking about it today, it, it, if, if we take this basic meaning, it will help us. Somebody who speaks for God. Somebody who speaks for God. Somebody who stands up. Uh, or who speaks for God in some way, writes books, whatever else, and they speak for God. They speak on behalf of God. Right? And what he says is, they can be false prophets. They can be saying they speak on behalf of God, and they're not. Okay? And what he's telling you and I to do is to be careful. We're to be careful. We're to beware Be on the watch for these people who say they speak for God and don't. Now, you know what? Yesterday, um, I listened to so many things about false prophets uh, on the Internet and so many false prophets saying things, and you know what? My head was spinning with it. 
And um, you know that, that's the kind of have to, thing you have to do sometimes when, when you're preparing a message. But you, you know this, I don't think that's profitable for us, to actually spend our time playing with the mud so that we can understand the mud. I think it was helpful for me to spend some time doing it yesterday for the sake of this message, but you know what? I probably won't do it until I have to come back to a message like this again and kind of, kind of listen to what's been said, because it's rubbish. Right? <clears throat> Honestly, there is so much rubbish out there. There's so much rubbish out there about money. It's, it's incredible. <clears throat> I, but um, uh, what you do need to do is you need to immerse yourself in truth so that you can't be swept away with false prophets. You need to immerse yourself in an understanding of God. Do you know what? Knowing him is the most important thing any person can ever do, Jeremiah tells us. That to know him, to understand him, is you need to do that. You need to spend your time doing that to <clears throat> understand uh, truth and understand him. So that when it comes to a false prophet, somebody who says they're speaking for God and they're not speaking for God, the red flags go up inside your mind. And you say, that's wrong. That doesn't line up with truth. That's wrong. You need to, you need to live like that. You need to live with the red flags going off because if you're not, you're not being aware. You're not being aware. Don't entrust the, the protection from false prophets to somebody else. You need to have it in yourself. You need to be somebody who's immersed in truth and who's actually aware. Because see what he says here. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, do you think a ravening wolf has anything good for you? I don't think he's, you know, he's saying you know, you should take these guys in as pets. <clears throat> he's, what he's saying about them is they're more dangerous than what we see. If you see a wolf coming down the road and he's snarling and you see his teeth and so on, you know what, if you've got any sense, you're getting out of that place. Right? <clears throat> you're hiding from the wolf. You don't want to be around the wolf because wolves are dangerous creatures. Right? <clears throat> they are dangerous. But you know what? If you look at and, and you see a sheep that's actually a wolf, that's even more dangerous than a wolf. Because you're not preparing yourself to actually fight again. And that's what happens to believers. They allow themselves to be drawn in by wolves uh, that are dressed. And the wolf has no good for them. He only intends them harm. All right. Uh, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And, you know, sometimes we say, well, don't judge. Don't judge somebody's life. You don't know. And there's an element where you can't know everything about a person's life, but there's also an element where you can look at somebody's life and you can make some pretty astute uh, <clears throat> assumptions that are pretty clear. You need, you need to look at what's happening in somebody's life to actually, and you need to be wise to do that, to look at their lives. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. By the way, just off the point, but this is dealing with false prophets, not with salvation. That's important to you. Um, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Do you know that there are people out there today who are saying, Lord, Lord, and Jesus says they're not getting into heaven. Now, it's not that they're not getting into heaven because heaven wasn't available to them. Heaven's available to everybody. But the truth is, they've never come to that point of being saved. But they're doing the Lord's work. If you were to ask them today, they'd, they'd tell you clearly, and we're doing the Lord's work. Do you understand that? Now, so there are a lot of people out there that are convinced 
they're doing the Lord's work. And Jesus is saying, no, I never knew you. Look at verse 23. And then when I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So here's basically what we go to understand. We'll look at some verses from Matthew 7 again. Uh, John is telling us there are false prophets out there we need to be very careful of. Jesus is telling us there are false prophets out there and we need to be very careful of. You know what I think? I think we need to be very careful of false prophets. Don't you, think, don't you agree with me? Don't you, don't you agree this is an issue for us in this day, that we need to be careful of false prophets? We need to be careful of those uh, who would uh, dress themselves up as though they were serving God, even think they were serving God, perhaps, but they're not. They're false prophets. What they're doing is they're actually doing something entirely different than that. All right. Uh, first of all, there's the command, the command to test the spirits. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, here's the thing. Do you know that we've been talking, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about two commandments Jesus gave us. He told us to believe, and he told us to love. Very simple. I mean, we like the simplicity of it. And then, we, then we, when we dug into it, we saw it wasn't as simple as it looked. Uh, but it is. Two. Just two. Believe and love. Now, do you know that in order for you to believe truth, you have to not believe error? Do you know that? <clears throat> that you, in order for you to believe and trust in Jesus and what he's telling you to do, you have to purpose in your heart not to believe error. You have to actually make a decision because what's going to happen is, you see, <clears throat> and this is, this is why the church is in such confusion today. What you've got is you've got Jesus and you've got God laid out in the Scripture, wonderfully laid out in the Scripture. We have wonderful truth about God and who He is and how He deals with people. We have everything that we need to know, the Bible says, uh, to be godly and to live godly in this Word. We have everything here. But you know what? If I believe what the false prophets are saying, I'm going to start referencing truth against what they're saying, and I'm going to be led astray. I'm going to be led astray. I'm going to be led astray in some way, and what's going to happen to me is my picture of who God is is going to get messed up. And that's your problem. Your problem is you need to know who he is. You need a right picture of who God is, right? Um, so in order for you to actually believe truth and believe God, you need to not believe certain things. And do you know that in order for you to love some people, in order for you to love the brethren the way you should, you need to decide not to love some people in the same way. And you say, hang on a minute, Pastor. I thought the Bible said we're supposed to love everybody. I thought the Bible said that we're supposed to, you know, <clears throat> uh, be nice to everybody. Hmm, is that really true? Because what it says is here, you're supposed to beware of some people. They're as ravening wolves. You're supposed to be on the watch out for some people. I think Christians can be gullible sometimes. Don't you think we can? Don't you think we can accept things that are not really true and we're just kind of gullible? Because we're not willing to actually do the thing which says, you're wrong. And in our day and age, that even goes deeper because we live in the day and age of positive thinking, don't we? Where we want to think positively about everything and we don't want to ever call something down. And so what we, what we do is, even if, we, even if the Spirit of God says to us, you know, that's wrong, we're saying, well, live and let live. By the way, that's not in the Bible. All right? <clears throat> I don't know where it came from, but it's definitely not in the Bible, you know. Um, 
you're not supposed to just accept what other people and pass on. You're supposed to judge righteous judgment, Jesus said. You're supposed to actually do the work of judging righteous judgment. You're supposed to decide what's right and what's not right. You're supposed to do the hard work of that. Now, that's not supposed to be your life's work. You know, you're not supposed to become somebody who's, who spends their time kind of discerning that. And that's what I find when you, when you go and listen to things that are critical, uh, people that are critical of false prophets and spend their time, they, man, they get so critical, they give you a headache. Uh, <clears throat> they spend their whole time looking for something that's wrong, something that's false, and, you know, uh, <clears throat> they end up thinking everybody's a false prophet, and that's not true. Everybody's got problems, but everybody's not a false prophet, right? But you need, on the other hand, to be discerning and to actually work out what's right and what's wrong. And not because somebody told you, but because you've worked it out. Because between the Word of God and the Spirit of God, you actually know. Now, it's necessary for us to critically assess what we're hearing. I I wish I could look at you and say, praise God, nobody here has ever heard YouTube. But I'd be joking myself, wouldn't I? You've all heard YouTube, haven't you? Uh, And you've all, at this stage, looked at different people on the Internet. And you've all heard stuff on the Internet, even Christian stuff you know, that you weren't quite sure of, and you wouldn't be prepared to stand up in church and say, you listen to this, uh, but you probably do, and you probably have. Now, you need to be careful there, because you need to critically discern what's going on. And you know what? If you do a YouTube um, video, you can make yourself out to be absolutely anything you want to make yourself out to be. And you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what's, go- what's going on. So you need to be careful. I listened to one guy yesterday, and I mean, <clears throat> in all the guys I listened to, I don't even remember his name, but he, but he, was, he was preaching this. Here, here was basically his message. His message was this, right? Uh, he was trying to get people to give $1,000, American, obviously. He was trying to get people to give $1,000, and he, told, he was telling the people how to give $1,000. And he was telling you may have a credit card debt that you owe, and you want that debt to go away. Well, I'll tell you what, if you give me $1,000, then you can expect God to make your debt go away. That's wrong on so many levels, you know what? <laughs> now, now, and you know what? I'm sure he got lots of people to give him $1,000 on it. I was looking at another guy, and not only does he have one 20 million euro jet plane that he flies all the time, <clears throat> but you know what? He has a whole fleet of them. And when the reporter, he says, he's a pastor. And when the reporter asked him and said, now, now, can you tell us about your other planes? And he was all nice and, nice and open and everything else and so on. And, and, and the, as soon as the reporter asked him about all these jet planes, he said, that's none of your business. Right? Somebody else said that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey. Uh, why do his preachers in our day and age need to have jet planes uh, <clears throat> to ride in? And, you know, sometimes people just need to clue in and look at what you're listening Look at what, uh, you know, do some digging. Don't just accept what people are throwing at you. You need to actually understand. You know, <clears throat> Christianity is, it's a faith, we believe. But you know, there's reasonableness about most of what God asks us to do. There's an intelligence about it. It's not just throw your brains out and, you know, and do it because that's faith. That's not what faith is. You need to question it. Let me give you three areas. First of all, financially. I mean, you look at people, and financially things are totally out of whack. Uh, You know what? You need to say to yourself, hang on a minute, something wrong here. There is something wrong here. Okay? Second area that you'll see morally in people's lives. When there's something out of whack, it's out of whack. 
Now, nobody's perfect, but you know what? You have people out there who live like dogs, and they expect to be believed as men and women of God. You know, say, no, 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 no. That's, that's not right. And then when you look at the pride of life, and, and, and <clears throat> you know, people that grow proud because of the size of their ministry or the power of their ministry or what they are and who they are and who listens to them, you need to look at that and you need to say, hang on a minute. You need to be discerning. Let, let me say this to you, too. <clears throat> Do you know, I, I, I don't think all of these people started off as wolves. I think you've got people out there who started off uh, genuinely seeking to do the Lord's work, maybe a little bit off in their error, but you know what? Things began to happen, and they got carried away. They got carried away on what was happening, and they got lost in what was happening so that, you know what? They have ceased being a voice for God. And wouldn't, wouldn't you do that if you were the enemy? Wouldn't you take somebody who's going in the right direction and seek to derail them? Well, I think he's done that often. I think he's done that lots of people. But what you've got to do is you've got to look at people and you've got to say, now, hang on a minute. Does their lives match up with this? See, Jesus said, by their fruits you will know them. Does this life match up with what they're saying to me? Right? Is, 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 is this a life that's in keeping? Is this fruit that's in keeping with the message that they're preaching? And, you know, particularly on YouTube and some of the, some of the Internet things that you can go, you have no idea who they are. They just sound good. They're passionate. Listen, passion is no proof of anything. One of the most passionate preachers that ever walked the planet was Hitler. And he was dead wrong. He was wrong on every level. But I'll tell you what, you look back, even now, I don't understand German, I haven't got a lick of German, but you know what? You, you get moved by the passion of the man. Uh, when, he's, when he's doing his speaking. Passion doesn't mean somebody's right. Because they're convinced of their cause. They can be convinced uh, of wrong. Uh, you need to be careful that you're not listening to it just because it's uh, of their passion. You need to look at things critically. You know, Paul said of the, uh, of, uh, of the Berean believers, he said they were more noble. Why were they more noble? Because they went out and they examined the things I, Paul said, to see if they were true. Now, wouldn't you think Paul would be saying, oh, listen, you don't need to examine it. I said it. No, he's saying, you know what? They took and they took what I said and they checked it against the Scriptures to see if it was true. And, you know, you need to be a discerning people. In this day and age, we probably need to be more discerning than we've ever been before. We need to actually seek out truth and not get carried away with fables and with lives that are wrong. Um, Now... Let me say this to you, lest you get too, too scared about this, because you can get scared about it if you think about it for long enough, right? Um, you have the Holy Spirit. You're born again by faith in Jesus Christ this morning. The Spirit of God came to indwell you the moment you were born again, and He's there. And you know what? He knows right from wrong. And you know what? He's able to communicate to you too. And the Spirit of God will communicate with your spirit and say, that's wrong. And you know what? You need to say, yes, Lord. And stop listening. When the Spirit of God tells you it's wrong, you need to say, yes, Lord, and stop listening. You know, the problem for, the, for, for, for many believers is, though, that <clears throat> the Spirit of God is in there, but they're not listening to Him. They're kind of out of touch with Him. It's kind of like having a mobile phone. If, you know, don't, don't you absolutely hate it when you pick up the mobile phone to phone somebody, and it rings and rings and rings, and you realize they haven't got it with them. It's in the bedroom upstairs. 
that does not bother the life out of you. Uh, you know, or you ring somebody and their phone is switched off. Now listen, it's a good phone, it'll do the business, but you know what, if it's not switched on, it won't work. You know what, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you doesn't do you any good if you're not listening to him. You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. You've got to be in tune with him. You've got to be connected to him. You've got to be switched on, if you want to put it that way, to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you see, Romans chapter 6 tells us that <clears throat> whoever we yield ourselves to follow, uh, they're going to be our master. Right? And you see, if you're not yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit and following him, you're in trouble. You are in trouble because God gave you somebody to help you in a wicked day to keep your heart clean and clear. And you know what? <clears throat> he will do it. He's good at his job. The Holy Spirit's incredibly good at doing his job. He really is. But you know what? If you're not listening to him, if you've got your mind bent on something else other than what he wants for you, you're going to be in trouble. <clears throat> okay, let's look at some verses here. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5.20 says, Despise not prophecies. 21 says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. Right, so you're supposed to prove or test all things or work them out to see if they're true. Right? Uh, let me give you an illustration. I had an architect come to our house. I was thinking of taking down a wall, an inside wall in our house. And the architect came to say what I needed to do uh, if I was going to take this wall down. And so, you know, uh, she said, well, what you need to do is you need to put a, put a nine-inch I-beam uh, in there, and that will hold it. But then she said this, now hang on till I go home. And uh, when I go home, I will work out exactly how strong the beam needs to be. I-beam's a uh, is a metal beam that you put across to take the weight above it. But she said, I have to go. Now, what she was doing is she was going home to take out her set of calculations to work out what weight was coming down on this beam and what it would take, how big and how strong that beam would have to be to take the weight up there. Right? So she was going home to prove what her gut told her would do the job was actually what would do the job. Right? You know what you need to do that? You need to prove it according to Scripture. You need to go home. You need to get the Scripture. You see, you're not excused from being a, a Scripture student because you're a church member. You know, because you're not in full-time ministry. You're supposed to be a student of Scripture. We're all supposed to be students of Scripture. You don't need no Greek and Hebrew and all the rest of it, uh, but, but you need to be a student of Scripture. You need to read the Bible till it becomes extremely familiar to you. Read it and reread it and reread it. It'll help you every time. But you need to take and you need to dissect it and take it apart and, and understand it. And when somebody says something and you know, you think, hang on, is that true? You need to go home and check it out and see, is it true? See, is that really true? <clears throat> because you need to prove it. You need to prove what's true. It's not good enough for you to say, oh, that guy, he's so passionate. You know, he really moved me. He really made me feel good. Yeah, Hitler would too. <clears throat> that doesn't mean it's true. You need to go home and prove it against the measure of Scripture, against the, uh, the, the Word of God. And, 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 and let me say this too. Uh, all the media we have has made us lazy. Do you realize that? That we went from reading books where we opened the books and you had to read the book, you know. And, and we went from that uh, to the place where we went, you know, to our iPads and so on. Where now most of us don't read anything at all. What we do is we watch little video clips of things. And if it lasts, if it, and if it lasts more than five minutes, we're not watching it. <clears throat> that's, that's where we get our information, isn't it? You know, that, that's what the whole world is geared to now. 
you know what? You're a student of the living God. That's your life work. You need to take the word of God and prove it. You need to be a student of the word of God uh, and prove things. Matthew 7, uh, we read, it says, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Yeah, I watched one th- I listened to one thing yesterday, and man was accused of, um, uh, of pedophilia. And he got up in the pulpit, and his church he told his church it didn't happen, and they're all cheering, they're all amening that it didn't happen. And you know what? There was a case to answer for this guy. But you know what? The church decided we're not going to listen to anything that about him. We like him too much. And they decided they were going, they were going to go with him again. Now look, some, can somebody be accused in the wrong? Definitely they can be accused in the wrong. But you know what? Churches need to be discerning. Churches need to be discerning. You see, by the fruits of this man's life, there's something wrong. Something's wrong. Something gives, and it needed to be fixed. So, you know, <clears throat> they need to, to discern that way, and so do you. The people that you listen to on YouTube, what about their lives? Well, I don't know anything about their lives. Well, shame on you. Shame on you because it's so easy for you to plug into something and somebody else told you it's great and so No, check it out. Check out what they're saying against the Word of God. <clears throat> you have the Holy Spirit. You can actually know, but you know what? <clears throat> you need to understand that <clears throat> you need truth. You don't need to just accept what people are saying. Second Peter 2 verse 1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Now, what's a heresy? A heresy is something that divides. Right? It's truth. That's not true, and it divides, it creates divisions. Now, <clears throat> you know what? Did the enemy does that in churches? I could take you to a church today, great church. We, <clears throat> we went there uh, when we were just out of college. Great church, you know, big church. Had a school, had a great ministry. It was, it was going really well. And <clears throat> they brought in a new pastor in with a, with a different doctrine. He was actually the son-in-law. Uh, of the pastor of the church, the long-standing pastor of the church. They brought a different pastor with a different doctrine. And the church didn't accept his different doctrine. That was a heresy. And he split the church. So the church was destroyed. We were at the church uh, recently, and it's sad. There's kind of about 50 people meeting in this place where there's two or 300 people meeting. And you know, what happened? A heresy came in. And you know what? <clears throat> the heresy came in, and, and people didn't deal with it. So, so, so it took over. You know, you need to be careful because what's happening is false teachers will come in uh, and they will bring in heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. Now, one of the things 1 John says to us is this. You know, one of the first tests of truth, first tests of truth is this. What do they believe about Jesus Christ? Right? Listen, if somebody does not believe that Jesus was fully God, and that's a great question, by the way, to ask people. Now, you've got, you got, you got Jehovah's Witness and you've got Mormons, that's, and you ask them and they'll, they'll, they'll swallow their tongues but they'll not be able to say that Jesus was as fully God as the Father. They, they won't be able to say, you know what, if they don't believe that Jesus is God, you've got nothing going on with them. You might want to witness to them, but I wouldn't spend my life witnessing to them because they're probably not going to listen to you. Freeman Good used to say, give them five minutes to tell you what they believe and then tell them to give you five minutes to tell you what they believe. When you get your five minutes, you preach the gospel for five minutes and then that's it. Don't waste your life just going back and forth with people who are not going to listen to you, who have no reason. If they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, you've got nothing going on with them. 
Let me, let me take it further for you, though. If they don't believe that Jesus Christ should be Lord of our lives, now, then, understand this. I'm not saying that in every area of their lives, Jesus is Lord of their lives, because, you know, that's probably not true of any of us. <clears throat> but if they don't believe that Jesus Christ should be obeyed because he is Lord, there's something wrong there, too. How they deal with Jesus Christ is always going to be a key issue for them. Uh, and you need to be careful. Now, let me say two things for you. First of all, for yourself. I want to have a right picture of God because I want to relate rightly to my God because that's the most important thing in life. Yes? Amen? That's the most important thing in life, isn't it? Now, I don't want anything coming into my life that dulls my picture of who God is, and neither do you. I don't want anything coming into my family that dulls the picture of who God is. I don't want any, any, anything coming into this church that dulls the picture of who God is. I just don't. I don't, I don't, you shouldn't either. You know what? I understand that we live in an age of tolerance where we're supposed to be nice to everybody and we're supposed to love everybody and, you know, we're never supposed to say anything nasty or wrong to anybody. That's rubbish. Sometimes you need to go to war for truth. Sometimes you need to be obnoxious. You need to say, that's not right. This is what the Bible says. You say, but people don't like that, Pastor. I know they don't like that. And you know what? Sometimes they don't like it and they go and praise the Lord for them going. Because you don't want heresy coming into the church. You don't want heresy coming into your family. You want to protect your family. You want to protect your church. Why? Because our relationship with God is the most important thing about us. And we need to relate to him for who he is, not for some false picture that we picked up from somebody. We need to relate to him for who he is. Um, <clears throat> Secondly, the criteria for testing the spirits. And um, <clears throat> what do they say about Jesus? Well, we've, we've touched off that one. <clears throat> uh, is, he, is he God and is he Lord? Uh, then second criteria is here. Uh, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Now, <clears throat> ask yourself one question. Does the wor- world hear and approve of them? You say, well, yeah, they're well-respected and well-liked by the world. That's a problem. That's a red flag to you. That's what John is saying. They are of the world. Why? Because Christianity and the world don't mix. Now, I know you've got to work a job. I know, you know, you've got to live in the real world and you've got to do what you've got to do. I understand that. But you know what? When it comes to theology, Christianity and the world do not mix. They are at war. You may, not like, you, you may not care to actually face that fact, but they are at war. The world and Christianity are at war. And you know what? If we were to go to many places in the world today, uh, you as a Christian would have your life at risk simply because you're a Christian. Right? Because you know what? There's a war going on between the world uh, and Christianity. Now, when you've got people who can cross over, when you've got people who their music crosses over, yeah, they sell it to Christian music, and if you listen to it as a Christian, it's all about the Lord. But if you went and you listened to it and you're, you're not a Christian, uh, it's all about your boyfriend. You know, listen, you can't cross over like that. You just can't do it. That's rubbish. Either it's about the Lord or it's not about the Lord. Right, uh, you get somebody who goes and they, um, you know, they, they they preach a message that the world hears and the world likes and the world enjoys. You know what? That's not Christianity, because sooner or later they got to get down to the harsh truth. Sooner or later they got to come to the place where Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." 
What that means is that every one of you here who received Jesus Christ as your Savior are on your way to heaven. And everybody who's not is on your way to hell. The good news is you can change that today. But you know what? If you haven't got a problem, why would you change? You know, listen, you've you got to understand that um, if, they're, if they're not willing to actually speak the truth, the full truth, then there's a problem. What they're doing is they're peddling a false picture. Let me tell you some things um, that do not make people right. Numbers do not make people right. You know, they meant that the fact that people have thousands coming out to hear them does not mean that they're preaching a true message. It just doesn't. That's daft. You know what? <clears throat> uh, the wrong crowd have always been the more. The right crowd have always been a remnant. Always. <clears throat> um, success does not mean somebody's message is true. And what I mean by success, I mean, well, look, it's, it's working for them. You know, they got it all together. They got the big church. They got the... That does not mean... Now, it doesn't mean uh, that somebody's definitely wrong either. You've got you, you to gotta judge it by the message, not by the outward uh, side of it. Um, it's not if it works. You know, it, well, it works. That, that, that doesn't make it true. Uh, it's not the passion. We talked about that with Hitler. It's not the passion of the fact they're a great speaker and so on. No, no, it's not. It's the truth. It comes down to the truth all the time. And that's what you've got to ask yourself. Does this message line up with truth? Does it line up with truth? If it doesn't line up with truth, you need to reject it. And you say, well, hang on a minute, Pastor. I mean, you know what? I listen to this guy. And most of the time, he's just right on. He's dead on. He just nails it most of the time. And, you know, he does have these areas where he's totally off in. Right? <clears throat> okay. Well, let, let, let me ask you. Right. Uh, say somebody gives you a dinner and tells you on this, this side of the plate there's poison don't eat that but on this side of the plate the food's pretty good uh, and it will be good for you what are you going to do with the dinner? you're going to take your knife and carefully put the poison to one side and eat the rest of the dinner? no you're not you're going to get rid of the dinner aren't you? you're not going to risk it now here's what happens when you're listening to somebody that you know is off that you know is wrong. You know what? You're taking stuff in all the time and it's affecting you. You're imbibing. You're taking stuff in. You need to say no. I mean, could there be some good stuff in what they say? There might be. But you know what? If it's going to destroy you, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk? You, know, <clears throat> you need to be careful because, again, let me, let me bring it back to this real fine point for you. The most important thing about you and I is my relationship with God, your relationship with God. My relationship with God is based on who I know him to be. You know, <clears throat> you've got all kinds of religions out there that relate to God, but it's not God. And you, by the way, you need to actually understand that too, that all religions are not going to God. You know, <clears throat> The God of the Bible is the God who he tells us as he is. And he shows us himself from the word of God, and we can actually come to know him as he is. And when we take time to get to know him, we get to know this God. And he helps us, and he walks with us, and you know what? He makes life work. Any area where I have something that's, <clears throat> that's askew as far as God is concerned, it's a problem for me. I don't want it. I want a clear picture. 
Now, I couldn't tell it. Probably many of you couldn't tell it. Well, no, I, I think we, maybe we could tell it, right? Well, say the piano over there <clears throat> uh, was out of tune. I, we didn't realize it, but somebody would come in and they dropped the piano uh, during the night, and, and it was all out of tune, right? Uh, you know, the piano player could be the most brilliant piano player in the world, but they wouldn't get it right. It would sound awful. It would sound off-key and, and, and not right. You know, my understanding of God is how I relate to him. If it's off-key, I'm relating to the wrong God. I want it to be straight. I want everything in my life to help me to understand who God is. I want nothing to detract from that. Because that's the most important thing I have. Now, <clears throat> let me close. I need to close pretty quickly here, right? Um, <clears throat> why do we listen to false prophets? Well, let, let me give you some reasons, right? First of all, because we don't know and do truth. You can fix that one. You can fix that one. Know and do truth. Second of all, because we don't walk in the Spirit. The phone is off. He's speaking, but you're not listening. Walk in the Spirit. Walk with Him. You know, know and do truth and walk in the Spirit, and you know what? You're going to be protected. Third reason is this. is this, It somehow appeals to us. It appeals to us. How did Hitler get the German people? Because they're an intelligent people. How did he get an intelligent people to swallow wholesale his lie? Because it appealed to them. They were downtrodden. They were suffering from the effects of the, of, of the cost of the First World War. And he was telling them they were better than that and showing them a way forward. Do you know that a false teacher will appeal to something in you? And you need not to go with what he appeals to, but go with truth. Final reason is this, and it's probably <clears throat> the most important reason for us. We're not aware of the enemy. Do you know that the enemy of your soul would love to derail you? The enemy of your soul works hard at derailing you. You know, he's not some guy with a little pitchfork and, and, and horns and a little red tail. He's out there. The Bible says this, that he can disguise himself as an angel of light. That he's out there and he's actively seeking to get you. Now, some of you, he could present you with wicked sin and you'd say no. You got enough character and you'd say, no, I'm not doing it. You won't get me to do it. But you know what? He would appeal to you through a false teacher and you would go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That looks exciting. That looks fun. And it appeals to you, and you get sucked in. And that's what he's out to do. You have a barrier against it. You have truth. Know and do truth. You have the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let him guide you. And sometimes what the Holy Spirit says to you is not going to appeal to you. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to say something to you and that's going to cut right across your grain. That's going to be exactly what you didn't want to hear. Because you know what? This person you were listening to was buttering you up the right way, right way, was tickling your ears and making you feel good. And the Spirit of God comes and says, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. And you really want to. You know what you need? You need to say no to yourself and yes to God and go with God. Because if you don't, you get swept away. You know, somebody said that JWs are full of believers, true believers, 
people who got saved and got drawn away with their doctrine. Now, why? You know, there's one doctrine above all other doctrines that the JWs have that I like. And it's this. It says nobody goes to hell. God wouldn't do that to anybody. When you die, you go in the ground, and it's over. It's finished. I love that. I wish that was true, but it's not. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Everybody who passes out of this life passes into the arms of God in heaven, or they go to hell forever. It's stark. It's horrible. It would keep you awake at night if you, um, if you thought about it going to bed. Wouldn't it be nice? That's exactly why. They get drawn to the JWs. And you know what? You could get drawn away too. Very easily. You could get drawn away unless you get bedded into truth. Spend time in the Word. Read the Word. Study the Word. Examine the Word. Don't, don't get it all secondhand. Don't get a second hand. You need to get in the Word for yourself and study it out. There are Bible programs that are simple to use and so helpful to you, but study out the Word for yourself and understand what God is saying to you and have in yourself a grid that when error comes your way, it gets caught in your grid and you say no to it. And the Holy Spirit will help you and walk with God. And you know what? The best life it's possible for a human being to have is the life of a Christian. It is the best life. If you're not saved this morning, listen, today could be your day. You just need to trust Him. If you're saved, be careful out there because there is an enemy who's trying to suck you in all the time. That's time for prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for this people. Thank you for this morning, our blessed spirit of the living God. Would you move in our hearts, Lord? Would you make us a people that are strong in truth, Lord? A people who walk so close to you, Lord, that false teachers and errors can't get hold of us. Blessed spirit of the living God, would you do the work? Lord, if there be one here today, Lord, that's not saved, may today be the day when they cry out to you. And oh, Lord, would you save? Oh, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.